Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Napa know-how. Right now, Napa Legend batteries come with a $15 rebate by mail. Their long-lasting durability stands up to extreme conditions. So even on scorching days, it'll puff its chest out and be all like, hey, summer heat, find another car battery to drain. Napa Legend batteries with $15 mail-in rebate. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores. Offer expires 831.18. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Finsider Radio. I am your host, Matthew Kanata. I'm joined by Sutton and House. And of course, behind the scenes, James McKinney. end of the road for Ryan Tannehill. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, that is how we are opening the show tonight on Finsider Radio. But before we do go any further, I just want to take a moment to you know, recognize the fact about Jose Fernandez and, of course, offer our condolences and sympathies to his family and, obviously, everyone who's a fan of baseball. Um, it's all been in the news the past few days, and it is obviously a very tragic event so you know that's that's the curveballs that life throws you and of course no pun intended there but you know it's just tough to see a 24 year old pitcher at the prime of his career tragically die in that situation all right going back to ryan Tannehill, you heard in the opening song the end of the road by my favorite boy band boys to men and, and, and yeah, one I really of many it. favorite boy bands. <laughs> Don't forget Hanson. Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, of course, Hanson. Yes, those are one of my all time favorites. Um, you know, and many more. Many, many more that we, that we won't get into. By the way, Taylor Swift is also at the top of my list, as well I as Lady her. Gaga. So, the yeah, list. You have a great taste in music. The, the the yeah, I like, I like, I like it. Hey, if you want me to share my playlist playlist with you, I will be more than happy to do so. <laughs> Nothing would get me juice for a workout like that. <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, I hate to open a show like this, especially after a victory. But the Dolphins they need to start exploring whether or not Ryan Tannehill is the answer. And I know this is a huge topic, a huge debate, a very polarizing debate. And you can go any way on this. And I like Ryan Tannehill. I like the guy. I like what he stands for. But I think Ryan Tannehill is what he is at this point in his career. I think he has some room for improvement, absolutely. We've seen him improve his footwork in the pocket this year by a ton from previous years. We've seen him take control of the offensive line of scrimmage. And Adam Gaze, and I even saw on the film review of Ryan Tannehill changing the calls to the line of scrimmage and getting them out of bad plays and going into better ones. But the little things, like leading a receiver just a little more, that would have been the difference between three and out or a first down. The little things um, such as knowing when to take a sack and when to throw the ball. The little things like getting in the game and just pushing your teammates to the point where you need to win. And it's very confusing for me because, I, like I said, I like the guy. I think he's been giving a very raw deal in Miami. And I do hope for improvement because it's a huge – process to find another franchise quarterback, especially with the limited resources Dolphins have 
because of this past draft of trading up and, and trading picks away. It's, it's just very tough. And I know some of our loyal les- listeners got mad at me when I was tweeting this yesterday and, and talked to James about it. And Alpha, I know you were upset with me and I know you're listening right now, but I'm sorry. Um, it's reality. And the rumors and the whispers are getting a little louder with the CBS report from Pat Kerwin and Jason Lock on forum that the Dolphins might be looking for a new quarterback at the end of this season. And I, and I know we didn't plan to spend a whole lot of time on Tannehill, but since he is such a polarizing topic, I'm going to open up to you, Houts and Sutton, and we'll start with Sutton. Um, your thoughts on Tannehill. Well, first let me, uh, address the context of this whole dichotomy here because I and I agree with you it's definitely a polarizing topic to discuss but I'm looking at the future landscape of quarterbacks in the AFC and I see Brady I eventually he will retire right like it's the vegan diet doesn't last till he's like 50 right like he's eventually going to retire and at that point, I think it makes the AFC fairly wide open. Um, you have Roethlisberger, uh, Rivers, Flacco, Alex Smith, um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Andrew Luck. I mean, those are quarterbacks that Ryan Tannehill has beaten before, both uh, at home and on the road. So it's hard for me to to have – a knee-jerk reaction like most fans are having right now. And I'm considering it a knee-jerk reaction because most of us elevated the bar so high against the Browns that only complete and utter destruction was going to meet our expectations. And when that came crashing down right in front of our face, we're like, what the hell just happened? Like, we barely just won that game. And we had shown a lot more in the previous two games and it's like rooting for this team the last few years. We never know what to expect with these guys. And, and yes, Tannehill is very uh, inconsistent. Um, I will give you that. Uh, but I think other quarterbacks also have their own different sets of inconsistencies and flaws. And um, it's just a very messy mixture of coaching and play calling and catering to, to the player's strengths. And I don't think we have that perfect recipe yet. Um, but I think we're getting there. I mean, let's we're three games into the season. I don't think we can uh, judge how things are going until we see a few more games. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my feelings on Ryan Tannehill, I've kind of been a fan of him ever since he's been drafted. You want to root for the guy. It's been forever since Miami, the Dolphins have finally had a uh, franchise quarterback. So, I mean, part of us, we just, we just really want him to work out. But I got to agree with Matt. You you see these flashes of Tannehill where he makes these great throws and then he just comes out and he almost seems before the ball's even snapped, he knows exactly where he's going with the football. I mean, you saw that interception early on against Cleveland. He, it, it was just a bad throw. If he would have threw it a bit more on the outside, it might've been completed, but he made a bad throw there and it just looked like before the ball was even snapped, it was predetermined. So, I mean, I agree with Matt. I, I do like Ryan Tannehill. I think we, I've been behind him in, for the last four years that I think, uh, at this point, you might as well just ride it out. But I know he has a big cap hit next year, and fans are ready to see this team move on and become more than an 8-8 eight and eight team. And I think at this point, that's what Ryan Tannehill has given the Dolphins. So, I mean, for me, in this upcoming draft, if they're in a spot where they can maybe draft a quarterback, they have to definitely consider pulling the trigger because we pretty much see what we have in Ryan Tannehill. And sure, yes, this is only his fourth game in Adam Gase's offense coming up against the Bengals, but – I mean, we, we need to see improvement by the end of the year. Yeah, no, you're absolutely correct. And, and that's spot on with the fans talking about, you know, moving on from 8-8 eight and eight and and getting a quarterback in here that could lead the team. And listen, there's plenty of issues. There is a defense that is awful right now. There is offensive line issues all over the place. There is a lack of a running game. There is a brand new system. There are tons and tons of issues going on that we don't always know about. Um but you're right. Something needs to give. And we don't know how much the Dolphins are comfortable with Ryan Tannehill. I know, and I know there's a huge debate all the time on social media with fans talking about whether Ryan Tannehill is the answer or not the answer. 
At the end of the day, it's not our decision. Adam Gase is going to make the call at the end of the day. And Adam Gase is someone who can be trusted to make this happen and make the right decision. He has extensive work with quarterbacks, whether it's Peyton Manning, Tim Tebow, Jay Cutler. He knows, he knows his stuff. He has worked with many, many quarterbacks. He knows what kind of quarterback he needs to run his system. If Ryan Tannehill is not the answer, Adam Gase is going to move on from him. And whether I like it, whether you like it, Houts, whether Sutton likes it, whether anybody likes it, or whether anybody doesn't like it, at the end of the day, we have to live with the decision that is made. And when you go around the league and you see guys like, you know, Semyon in Denver and, and Wentz in Philadelphia, and you're like, why can't Tannehill do something like this? And it's like, you know, everyone has their issues. It's just very, very frustrating at times. And then the thing that gets more frustrating is that Tannehill has been absolutely on fire in the second half of every single game, basically. And so it's like, well, why can't he do that in the first half? All right, before we move on, you know, this show is all about fan interaction and bringing fans on and talking to them in our Finsider Live thread. And it seems as if we have our first caller on the line, Dolphin Fan for Life. Uh, He did call us at the end of the last show, but we were just – about to end the show and we didn't get to him so dolphin fan for life welcome to finsider radio once again what can we do for you tonight um well first off i wanted to chime in on uh the ryan Tannehill topic um and point out that i think moving on from him is probably one of the worst ideas ever you know let me just read off a few stats total passing yards 848 of the touchdowns of the um, eight touchdowns um, three of them were rushing touchdowns five of them are passing touchdowns but one of those rushing touchdowns was ran in by Ryan Tannehill himself that being said 75% of our offensive production, touchdown-wise, has been produced by Ryan Tannehill. Um, I think, no, yeah. And of all of our running backs, Ryan Tannehill is actually our leading rusher. (laughs) As for yards per attempt, He's got 4.5 yards, the only one that pretty much there's only two running backs that beat him, and one is Damian Williams, three rushes for 24 yards at eight yards a clip, and the other one is Kenyon Drake. Both we've seen little to know of, and the only other person to have more rushing, I mean, to average more rushing yards is Jarvis Landry. Landry pretty much is Landry. But the yeah, thing you're you're thinking, you're quoting facts, and we cannot argue with you, Dolphin fan for life. Um, but what's what's ultimately you said you're getting to something? What's ultimately your question for us? Ultimately, my question is: is how much is Ryan Tannehill actually going to have to do to prove that once and for all he is not the main problem? That's that a, this problem that's a, goes way beyond him. Yeah, that's it. That, that is a fantastic question, and I think that's where everybody struggles. I think that's where the fans struggle. I think that's where the coaching staff struggles. I think that's where the front office struggles, and it's a very polarizing and, and very difficult decision to make. And that's why these guys are getting paid millions and millions of dollars per year to make this decision. That's why we're sitting behind our laptops right now talking on a podcast and, and doing this for fun and – for the enjoyment of the game and our passion for the Dolphins. And, you know, we want to see our team succeed. Every single time the Dolphins step on the field, I believe they have a chance to win. And when they don't win, I get pissed no matter who they play. Um, depressed, I know people get. I can't watch sports until Wednesday if the Dolphins lose on Sunday. I don't watch any of the highlight shows. I don't listen to sports radio. Once they start talking about the next week's game, then I start listening again. It, it's, it's tough. And we could talk for hours and hours on Ryan Tannehill. And maybe one day we'll have a podcast on Ryan Tannehill for five hours straight because, trust me, we can fill plenty of time with that. But I do think we need to move on from that for this show. Um, We've already spent 13 minutes on him. (laughs) Uh, 
and I, I, I get it. I get it. He's the quarterback of the team, and, and the Dolphins have been striving for a quarterback forever. But Dolphin fan for life, I appreciate you calling. Um, please feel free to call again next week and interact with us on a live thread. All right, let's move on and, and go back to the game against the Cleveland Browns. And we all saw it. We all, some people felt that it was a loss. Some people were just happy with the win because the Dolphins got a win. At the end of the day, this is what it is. A win is a win in the standings, and that's what counts. The win is not going to put an asterisk by the Dolphins' record. It's not going to be anything that sh- that every- at the end of the season, people are going to say, well, it really should be a loss. One thing that stood out for me on the offensive side of the ball was, again, the second half. But, but really, it's the, it's the process of Adam Gase using plays in the first half to set up plays in the second half and reviewing the film this became clearly evident. And that gets me thinking, is it the norm to expect the Dolphins to start out slow in the first half? And is this not, not being done purposely, but with the intent that Adam Gase knows that the first half probably will be close because everything he's doing in the first half is going to come to action in the second half. And is that maybe why things are now improving in the second half. For example, against the Patriots and the Browns, the Dolphins used a ton of comeback routes in the second half and didn't use it much in the first half. And the stuff that was being set up in the first half led to that in the second half and then different play action fakes and everything else. So that's one thing that stood out to me in offense. I'm going to be monitoring this as we go on. Sutton, how about you? One thing that stood out for you? Uh, man, the, the turnovers in the first half was pretty bothersome. Uh, you know, to, luckily Cam Cam got one of those strip sacks for us and got that ball back. Um, but man, just to start off the game with a pick like that—that's one of those really boner deflating plays that just kind of um, you just start asking, like, is it going to be like this the rest of this game? You know, so um, that was pretty deflating. And, and then to see see a struggle on third down again and have so many three and outs—I uh, really didn't expect. Um, us not to be able to at least be balanced on offense a little bit. Uh, just couldn't couldn't seem to string a few first downs together and stuff in the first half. It was you know the big play to Devontae, so that was that was nice to see, obviously. But um, just a complete lack of rhythm in the first half. That, was, that bothered me. Yeah, and for me, it'd have to be a. Uh the lack of a run game. I mean, like Dolphin for Life said, um, Ryan Tannehill, I think, is still currently our, our leading rusher. <laughs> Last week, Kenyon Drake rushed the ball for 37 yards and a giant 28. So, I mean, we keep putting the blame on Ryan Tannehill, but it's kind of hard to succeed when you you really don't have a run game. So, I'd, I'd really like to see uh, the Dolphins turn things around this week. I know it might be hard with their uh, offensive line banged up, but for me, the Dolphins need to uh, – for me, I guess it would be the lack of a run game that really stood out against the Browns. All right, and moving to the defensive side of the ball, for me, one thing that stood out on defense against the Browns was the complete lack of awareness on the defensive side of the ball. Reviewing the all-22 film, we could see the mis- uh, miscommunication on the defensive line with the linebackers. Even in the secondary, is just mistake after mistake after mistake and all mental mistakes. Um, there was a few, obviously, physical things with Byron Maxwell and, and the linebackers not being able to get off blocks and fill their gaps, but a lot of mental mistakes. There's not a lot of smart players on the defensive side of the ball. Rashad Jones is an absolute beast and a monster. He needs to get paid and stay in Miami, hopefully sooner rather than later. Um, But the fact of the matter is right now, this defense will struggle and struggle and struggle all year long until they get smart people in there. And we'll talk about this a little more in a little bit, but there's a few injuries on the defensive side of the ball, but I'm looking forward to see how these new guys respond and maybe they can make a difference if they have a little more mental capacity within them. How, how about you on the defensive side of the ball? Defensively, uh, our run defense is uh, really bad. The amount of resources this team has put into the front seven over the last several years, I mean, you'd like to see the, the Dolphins be able to contain the run game. And uh, Isaiah Crowell and I think Duke Johnson both had pretty big days. So for me, it was once again, I was pretty disappointed in the defense and their, their run D. Yeah, for me, uh, we were talking before the show, MC Money, about, you know, the winning formula in the NFL. It's, you know, playing strong defense and being able to run the ball. And if you stray too far from that, you have to have a freaking 
baller ass quarterback or you're not going to be able to pull that off and that's not us so uh without a strong defense and a good run game then um of course we're going to feel pretty insecure about how we're going to be playing going forward um but you know specifically in the Browns game um the just watching Terrell Pryor tear us up and just it just seemed like they they were running any route they wanted to, and I felt that way against New England too. Um, so I don't know what's going on with our pass coverage either. I don't know which is worse right now. I mean, the run defense is pretty awful, but pass defense can't be far behind. Um, and it, it'll be interesting to see what we do with A.J. Green. Uh, it's, that just seems like a matchup nightmare right now, and I'm playing him in fantasy this week, so that kind of <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be interesting with A.J. Green and Byron Maxwell. Uh, hopefully, Maxwell did improve, though, as the game went on with Cleveland. He learned stakes. He was uh, stuffing uh, Terrell Pryor on the line a little better, and hopefully that carries over into tomorrow evening, uh, Thursday night, for those who are listening on replay. As one of our live thread interactions uh agent j78 said it's better to win ugly than lose pretty and he is absolutely correct and like i said at the end of the day it's the nfl a win is a win and never take anything for granted in the nfl and we have seen that and we, countless times and, we've seen the game, and sorry to interrupt but it's it's one of those games we've seen before that we've lost so just yeah, the fact absolutely. that we won adds like a little sprinkle of well, maybe yep. we might, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's all it gives. Yeah. But. Absolutely. All right, let's go to our live thread now. Let's look at our questions that may be coming in. Sutton Houts, what do we have going on for us today? I know there's a lot of interaction so we, on there right now. Plenty of comments. What do we have over? Uh, yeah, we've got, we got 75 comments. Yeah, what do we got going yeah, on? Yeah, we're getting up there. So Johnny, a.k.a. Alpha 6. Um, is that his name? center, Craig Urbic starts, I imagine. And nobody behind Juwan James at right tackle, whose play on Sunday was a bag of shit. How will <laughs> the team adjust help these two in their respective play in the run game and pass protection? Uh, it's a fantastic question. How to... I'm sorry? Can I answer this one? Um, since you asked so nicely. Did you have a good answer for it? I mean, probably not. Most of my answers aren't that good. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, feel All free right. to interrupt. Let me, let me address this. Let me address this real quick. So the team adjusts helping their two respective plays. So the first thing is this, that Brandon Albert is questionable for tomorrow evening, Thursday night. If he doesn't go, Trunsell will slide over to the left. Billy Turner will fill in for left guard. And that will actually help the run game because Turner is the absolute mauler. We'll see some more runs to the left side. So we'll see how that plays out. Jawan James is at right tackle. Of course, obviously, Turner's at left guard if Tunsil is playing left tackle. I do think that an offensive line move is coming. They waived Justin Hunter uh, today, earlier today, so I think they're going to make an offensive line move. It could be Jameel Douglas coming up from the practice squad. And you're right, Jawan James at right yeah. tackle playing on Sunday was com- a complete bag of shit. Um, I think Jawan James got the message. I think he's going to be better on Thursday evening, and he better be better on Thursday evening, otherwise he's going to get benched again. Dallas Thomas, hey, we might see him. I hope, I hope to God we don't, but the, but the reality is the Dolphins are very injured right now. Anthony Steen probably not starting. Uh, Craig Urbic, the Dolphins probably use a lot of short passes, you know, a lot of quick screens, and, and probably won't give Tannehill a ton of time to sit back there and try to find the open, open guy, kind of like what they did against the Seahawks to begin the game and then see how it goes from there. All right, how Sutton, anything else we got going on? I know we have something going on there, so what's our next one? Yeah, we got a strange ass that seriously though, if you could change one coaching decision for this team in contrast to what you've seen so far, what would it be and why? All uh, right, you wanna answer that one? For me, I'm not sure if it's so much a coaching decision, but the complete lack of uh finding a running back in the off season. I I feel like the Dolphins could have done better to try to solidify that starting running back position that we so desperately needed once we let Lamar Miller walk. I think they tried for hard at C.J. Anderson. They gave Chris Johnson the contract. But for me, Aaron Foster, we knew he had the injury concerns, so he really wasn't uh, someone that we could rely on. So for me, it would have been them just completely, I guess, putting all their all their money in on C.J. Anderson and just having a better plan to solidify that running back spot. 
Good, very good, very good response. So, and the next one, and I will let you respond to this one. Actually, uh, sidebar, kind of piggybacking on Adam Gates, what do you guys think about him coming out and saying, hey, do your job or you're going to get benched? Have we That's heard great. a coach in Miami say something like that in a while? Not I don't know. I just, the sense, I, just get the, I just get the sense that um, complacency is never going to be a thing with Gates. You know, not to say he's going to have an illustrious career, but he's going to go down guns blazing, and that's a, that's a coach I'll go down with. Yep, absolutely. So, All what right, do we got for our next to, question? All right, back to the board. How long until you think Albert gets the bench in favor of Tunsil, and do you think James is regressing because he's pretty much left on an island between a former left tackle and a tight end not known for his blocking ability? Um, that's for Dolphin fan for life who called earlier. That's a pretty good question, too, and it's actually – I'm kind of looking forward to if, if Albert is uh, out of this game and Tunsil plays left tackle, I want to see how he plays against that Cincinnati defensive line. Um, give us a little sneak peek of what we have for the future and uh, um, see if the rotation of the offensive lineman can't help us get more balance on offense because we simply cannot get the run game going. So we uh, maybe it's a, a matter of just reconfiguration of the offensive line. So I think that's a great question on his part. All right. Um... Houts, we have one more, then we'll move on to our next topic. Um, look, and I see right here one of the most recent comments, Daytona Dolphins, that Dalvin Cook draft him next year. Um, I like Dalvin Cook from Florida State, but for me, I'm, I'm more on the Leonard Fournette, although I think Christian McCaffrey would fit what Adam Gates does on offense. I think he'd be an awesome fit in Miami. So I think next year Miami will address running back early in the draft. I believe so as and wait, well. Wait, really quick, Agent J78. Agent J78 asks, will we ever see Jakeem Grant get involved on offense? And thank you for asking that question because I wanted to bring it up earlier. Where has he been? I'd love to see him sprinkled in some of those sub packages, see if we can get him out in space. Let's do something. Yeah, Jakeem yeah, Grant is still learning the offense. Yes, that's the problem right there. So I mean, if we're going to play around the line of scrimmage so much, we're going to throw within 5, 10 yards. Why not have a dude who can do a bunch of ridiculous stuff with the ball? I hear you, absolutely. Like Jordan Cameron at six yards, you know. Let's, if we're going <laughs> to play close to the line of scrimmage, let's get it to our quick, fast players. Yeah, I hear you. All right, let's move on to Cincinnati. We are officially on to Cincinnati, as our uh, favorite coach, Bill Belichick, will say. Thursday night in Cincinnati, the Dolphins have had the Bengals number uh, over the years. They are 16-5 and all-time against them, winning – in the past three matchups, the Bengals have not defeated Miami since December 30th, 2007. And we all know what happened last time they faced each other. Cameron Wake on a Halloween evening sacked Andy Dalton in the end zone in overtime. And that was, of course, October 31st, 2013, also on Thursday Night Football. This week's game is the 19th contest Miami has played on a Thursday they first played on a Thursday game on November 22nd, 1973, which was Thanksgiving. They defeated the Cowboys 14-7. This is Adam Gase's, of course, first Thursday game as an NFL head coach as an offensive coordinator on a Thursday night. Gase went 3-1 and when he was with Denver and Chicago, winning at Green Bay in 2015, San Diego in 2014, and splitting two Thursday games in 2013 with the win versus Baltimore and a loss versus San Diego. So, of course, it seems that he knows what he's doing as far as getting his guys in the right position on a short week. Um, one other thing, again, coming up on Thursday evening, it is important to note the Dolphins have the NFL's toughest schedule in the first month of this season. Games at Seattle, New England, and Cincinnati, and a home game against Cleveland. In fact, one could argue that Miami's first two games were the most challenging opening two weeks of an NFL schedule since 2004. That was the last time a team, the Colts, opened their season with two road games against teams that combined for at least 22 wins the previous season. The same total of Miami's first two opponents, Seattle and New England, in 2015. I would take that a step further and say Miami has had the uh, toughest one because the, the Seahawks and the Patriots have over 50 wins and only six losses at home over the past several seasons. 
And then here are some other quick facts about the first month of this season. Dolphins were the only team in the NFL who opened with two road games against playoff teams from 2015. Miami is the only NFL team playing three of their first four games on the road against playoff teams from a year ago. Dolphins were one of just two teams that begin their season with two games against playoff squads from 2015. Pittsburgh is the other. Miami's just one of three NFL teams that played its first two games on the road. Cincinnati and Green Bay are the other two. The Dolphins are one of three teams who play three of their first four games against playoff teams from the 2015 season. And Miami is one of five NFL teams who play three of their first four games on the road. So as you can see, it is no easy task for the Dolphins. Dolphins one and two. Can they make it two and two on Thursday night? Tons of injuries for the Dolphins. It's a short week in the NFL. We all know how brutal that can be. Koa Misi likely out. Donald Butler to fill in. Jelani Jenkins likely out. Neville Hewitt likely to fill in. And honestly, you cannot get much worse on the defensive side of the ball. We just touched on the offensive side a short while ago. One key on offense for you, Sutton, going into Thursday night games, what do the Dolphins need to do on the offensive side of the ball? We have to be able to run the ball. I mean, my God, it's the only way we can be balanced. It's the only way we can be the non-one-dimensional team that we're used to seeing, just Tannehill back there slinging it all game long. We need to be able to mix in the run somehow. Um, I don't care who's back there. We we need to be able to, whether it's creative play calling or just getting, like we talked about earlier, getting the right mix of offensive linemen in there and just move the pile in there but we need to be able to establish a run. I think Tannehill's an excellent play-action quarterback. If we could just have play-action actually work, being able to sell the run, but if we can't run the ball, we can't sell that, and that, that, that takes away, that strips that many more pages out of the playbook. So we need to be able to establish a run, especially on the road, you know, just to get get into the flow of the game and and get the noise uh, get the noise of that stadium under control early. Be nice to see some runs early. Yeah, absolutely. The Dolphins need to establish the run early. For me, uh not to piggyback on what you said, but for me it's the offensive line. Like uh like Kanata said earlier, we're banged up on the offensive line. Craig Urbic's most likely gonna start at center and we might see that trash can of Dallas Thomas in the lineup at some point. So for me it's Hey, be nice, be nice, be nice. That's all right. Sorry. For me, the Dolphins got to establish the run. They got to protect Tannehill and keep him upright and give him the chance to take shots downfield. And I think if uh, the Dolphins get a run game and their offensive line holds up, they'll have a good shot at beating Cincinnati on Thursday. And I'm going to piggyback on the both of you, two very good things. Uh, Running game, obviously, they have to establish, and they tried to establish that against the Browns. They did have over 100 yards rushing on the ground. And the offensive line, obviously, a bigger concern uh, with the pass protection. Can it hold up? I expect a lot of quick passes and getting uh, guys out in space and letting them make the plays. On the defensive side of the ball, Dolphins just need to be smarter mentally. That's what it is right now on the defensive side of the ball. There is talent there. You have Ndamuk and Sue on the defensive line, Cameron Wake, Mario Williams. You got Rashad Jones and Abdul Kudis in the, in the secondary. You got Xavier Howard and Byron Maxwell. He's a decent player. Uh, it's just mental mistakes right now. The Dolphins really need to shore it up, really start thinking out there, and, and really understanding what it is their assignments are. Once that happens, we'll see a more cohesive defensive unit. But right now, it's just mistake after mistake after mistake. It, it's mental, and, and that can be fixed. Um, it's just more focus and more concentration. And I'm hoping the Dolphins players are getting the message this week after Adam Gase uh, basically flipped out uh, to the media about guys not performing up to the standards that they are expected to perform up to. How, how about you on the defensive side of the ball? Yeah, for me, it's the the run D, like I said earlier. Um, we had trouble against the Browns, and now the Bengals come into town with two backs that, in my opinion, are better than what Cleveland has in Giovanni Bernard and Jeremy Hill. So for the Dolphins, they just need to uh, contain the outside, try to keep everything inside, make those sure tackles when they have the opportunities, and if Miami can stop the run and force Andy Dalton to beat him, I mean, we've seen in the past Andy Dalton's a pretty good quarterback, but he isn't prone to – he does make mistakes. So the Dolphins got to stop the run and force Andy Dalton to beat him with his arm, and that's when the Dolphins will have an opportunity to win. Well, you know, you were asking about how sweet your stats are on the live thread, MC Money, and I have a stat for you. Uh, somebody else leads the league in sacks allowed. 
it's not us. <laughs> yeah. That that's actually and it who is it? To, and it happens to be Cincinnati. So, really? I didn't even so, know that. Yeah. Wow. We Dude, listen, I, just, I just blew your mind, didn't I? Yeah. You did with my but listen, that really makes me really excited right now. Like I literally just like perked up a bit. Um <laughs> and, and don't make any comments, okay? Because the Dolphins listen. Listen, the chill. Dolphins injured Russell Wilson. He had to go out of the game for a little bit. The Dolphins injured Jimmy Garoppolo. And the Dolphins injured uh, what's his face from Cleveland? Um, Kessler. Cody Kessler. Guess what? Andy Dalton's next. If the Dolphins <laughs> injure him, that'll be four quarterbacks injured in four games. Vance Joseph Wait, has four, a bounty. Four what? Four what? Qua- oh my God! Really? Don't start with my accent. Quarterback. <laughs> no, just just, just do it once. Go just back to the Cincinnati. Go back to the Cincinnati game real quick. Uh, for those uh, for we... those listening, for those in a live thread right now. When I say quarterback, does that sound weird? Please comment in a live thread. I'll be checking that out in just a second. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, so we, we just need to be able to destroy their offensive line, it seems like. I think that's our best chance. It's interesting because I don't know if this team knows how to um, use their strengths to mask their weaknesses like other teams do. So I want to see if we can generate some kind of game plan where we can use that, our, our defensive line, uh, matchups and throwing in a blitz or two to uh, keep this offensive line off balance and be able to get to Dalton like other teams have been. One thing, one thing that that Dolphins have to their advantage is Vance Joseph and Matt Burke. Vance Joseph, of course, was the secondary coach in Cincinnati uh, last year for the past two years, actually, and before coming to Miami this year. Matt Burke also a linebackers coach in Cincinnati the past two years. So they have seen Andy Dalton and, and all these guys in practice, and, and they know the defense like the backside of their hands. So they, they know which way to exploit them. So I'm sure there's a lot of conversation going on between offense and defense this week in Davey. You can also say, though, that Bengals also have an advantage because they know what Vance Joseph and Matt Burke like to do with their guys. And also Kevin Coyle is their secondary coach. But listen, as the reports came out of Miami from Armando Salguero of the Miami Herald, um, People are already unhappy with Kevin Coyle, and that is certainly no surprise. Going back to quarterback, um, thank you, Strange. Uh, lives in Yonkers. Sounds completely normal. Uh, someone else said it makes him laugh every time. That's Agent J78. Uh, someone called me a dingleberry. Oh, that's you, House, you jerk. Uh, Sorry about that. That's my boy, House. Yeah, yeah. That's He's got okay. my back. Uh, I got says it sounds perfect. So I'm assuming he's just uh, kidding right there and telling me that it sounds actually kind of weird. Um, but hey, that's how I say it. Quarterback, it's completely fine to me. Hey, we uh, still love you anyway. Yeah, love you just put a couple extra syllables in there. It's no big deal. <laughs> okay, what what syllables do I put in there? How do you guys say? It? Let's have a lesson right now. Let's have a lesson. How do you say it? Okay, there are three. Think syllables in the word quarterback, and it's quarterback. Yep. Quarterback. Okay. With that, <laughs> yes, with the accent with which you say it, you use five <laughs> syllables. Okay, five. Quarterback. 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 I give up. Five syllables in there. And that's how you say and it. And it's cool, you know, whatever. Water. Quarterback. Well, sounds cooler than quarterback. Quarterback. Right? And yes, quarterback. somebody living in the armpit yeah, of Appalachia is giving you quarterback. lessons in quarterback. English. Quarterback. <laughs> quarterback. Quarterback. Forget you guys. There you I'm go, gone. buddy. I'm go- quarterback? Yeah, no, quarterback. I'm You're going to be on one of those how <laughs> my baby can read videos. Quarterback. <laughs> Listen, I, I am done with you two making fun of my, my quarterback, and I'm going Sorry. to continue saying quarterback, whether you guys like it or not. So if you want to vote to impeach me off the show, by all means, go for it. I'll just harass no, you on the live we, and call in every week. We do not need you to leave, please. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's not. We are nothing. Don't do that. Say quarterback. All right. Let, let, me, let, me, let me throw some. Oh, you guys are jerks on the live thread. Quarter, quarterback, quarterback, whatever. All right, Next Ryan, <laughs> Ryan Tannehill's last 90 minutes um, put up big numbers in the past three halves. In his second half against New England in week two, he completed 22 of 27 passes, 
for 273 yards and two touchdowns, most passing yards and a half for Tannehill in his career. In the second half against the Browns, 25 for 39 for 319 yards and three touchdowns, the 16th 300-yard passing game of his career, and his ninth game with three or more touchdown passes. In his last 90 minutes of play, he has completed 47 of 66 passes for 592 yards, five touchdowns, and a quarterback rating of 105.1. And I know you're all going to say to me, so why did you open the show with saying it might be the end of the road for Ryan Tannehill? And I don't have the answer to that. All right. Um, again, we need to start fast on Thursday evening against the Bengals. It is what it is. Okay. The Dolphins need to come out. They need to quiet the crowd and they need to keep it, whether it keep it close and, and, and turn it up at halftime, but they can't be coming out sluggish. They can't be keep on going three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out, because that's obviously not the way that they're going to win games on a consistent basis. Before we get our two predictions, Let's check back on the live thread. How Sutton, do we have anything going on? Yeah, I got something. I got something from Tona, and this is kind of going back to the Browns game real quick. But he asked, do you think the reason we had so much trouble with the Browns was because we were preparing early for the Bengals? Yes, I saw um, that. That was a great question. I thought it was a fair question, too. And before the Cleveland game even started, I'm looking at a 10-point line from Vegas us being favored and we all know how we play as a favorite so I knew that was a trap game just in and of itself just being a favorite and then you add on the fact that so much hoopla has been going around the stadium about the new stadium and everything people are juiced to come to the first home game we're playing what everybody thinks is a practice squad team in the NFL and we're supposed to just go in there and run all over them practice squad trophy though That's true. I mean, I don't know if they earned that. I mean, that's a pretty high reputation, wouldn't you say? But, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it's – I think it's a very fair question. And I, and I think it was a mixture of the expectation that the players felt like they were supposed to win by 35 points and nothing else was going to satisfy the mob other than that. Um, so, no wonder they came in and pressed a little bit and – um, maybe played out of character a little bit. Um, so hopefully we can get back to our roots, get back to the game plan, and not, uh, you know, play within ourselves a little bit and uh, trust Gase's system, and let's just see what we got. All right. Houts, anything from you on the live thread going on? Nope. Looks like we nailed everything, unless I'm just – We got all the questions? Yeah. Uh, all right. Strange, I strange asked if we're, if we're ready for the cream sickles the cream sickle jerseys tomorrow night. What do you guys think about that? Oh, I'm, I'm, not ready. Up I'm not ready. Listen, I'm, I'm listen, ready. listen, I'm, I got to talk quietly. My wife is in the other room right now, but she wants oh to watch God. blacklist. She wants to watch blacklist tomorrow night. And I'm like, I've been trying okay. to warn her every day this week. Cause the dolphins are playing on Thursday night. And then she texts me today. She's like, I bought a special snack for the blacklist tomorrow night. And I'm like, are you, kidding me right now so between tonight and tomorrow night i need to find a way to get i I don't know what i'm going to do all right so if you guys have suggestions in a live thread please throw them on there and i will be sure to check them out well i got i do have a question on twitter actually a statement on twitter j hicks at j hicks 03 says, how about the first half play calling against the Browns? Run, run, pass every drive. 13-year-old playing Madden could stop that. And listen, if, if a 13-year-old can figure out that pattern, absolutely they can stop that. Um, yeah, it was predictive play calling. But again, it's set up for everything in the second half. And that's the thing that's so nice about Adam Gase is he gets it. He understands what it takes to evolve an offense throughout the entire game. All right. Did you guys scan the live thread one more time just to make sure we hit up all the questions? I'm looking, man. I'm looking, looking, looking. Oh, I right. did, we did miss this. How did call you a dingleberry? Oh, wait, we did already mention oh. that. Oh, yeah, High five over the, over the phone. <laughs> quarterback. I called the quarterback <laughs> a dingleberry. I did. Oh, man. One, one, um, a few other stats before we go to our predictions. Agent J. 
just uh, mentioned on a live thread that Rashad Jones is fifth in the NFL in tackles. Uh, he said that is nuts, and that is nuts for a safety. But if you notice against the Browns, the Dolphins are playing a lot of single high safety. They were bringing rotating between uh, Jones and Abdul Kudis at, at the top of the, of the box. And I think that might be the way they start going, unless it was just a uh, game plan for Cleveland, since they didn't have many weapons besides uh, Terrell Pryor. And, and that was basically it. Um, Agent J78 tells me it's a test about the blacklist tomorrow night. It could be. Strange said, happy wife, happy life, unless your wife is psychotic, in which good luck. And um, stay thirsty, my friend. Daytona Dolphin says, tell her to record it, and you will get dinner and pamper here all Friday night. And, uh, yeah, so that's, not help, that's not helping me at all, guys. Thought you guys I mean, wait, does it, does, it come, does it come on live? I mean, are you guys watching the show live? Uh, we have huh? it on demand, so it's not like we can't watch it on Friday, but she's like, this is our show. So you we could watch, watch it, it any. Time. You could watch it any old. You could watch it any old time. One Thursday, the entire year. This yeah. Thursday you need, man. Come on. Could you oh, watch listen, it? Could you listen. watch listen. it? Go to Panera Bread. Could you watch oh. it? Could you? Could you watch it before the game starts? Listen, no, it's live. Listen, she made me go to open houses on Sunday from one to two thirty. Was we're looking for a house. She made me go to open houses. So I got the Dolphins playing on my phone, using up all my freaking data on Sunday afternoon. I probably used about like eight gigs of streaming data. But it's like, sh- I don't know what's gotten into her this football season. You but I can't thing. stop it. Dude, I can't stop it. It's a test. Yeah, I can't just, stand for that. If you need me to the, talk to her, I will, okay? Keep the suggestions coming, guys. Podcast. Please keep the suggestions coming because I need help. All right. Yeah, let's, guest, uh, call, guest caller this week. <laughs> yeah. Out, so. yeah, right. Uh, I'm sure Alpha has some good suggestions for me because he's so good at that romantic stuff. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's hey, go hey, to one, our prediction. Yeah, go ahead. Well, one one more question from the live thread before we get to that was from Strange, and he was asking about the um, noticing that teams are playing six offensive linemen. Um, and I, I had written kind of a theoretical article about this before the season started, wondering why teams don't do this. And I know teams usually use it on the goal line and, and do like unbalanced lines, but, you know, with injuries ravaging us like this and not having a tight end that can really block, I mean, how much are we losing by having an offensive lineman out there playing tight end? Yeah, we're not going to throw it to him, but that doesn't mean we're not going to, you know, it doesn't automatically suggest that we're going to, run the ball we might pass the ball too so i think it's a fair question yeah absolutely all right let's go to our predictions um house what do you got for thursday evening dolphins versus Bengals. all right well last week i or yeah i think i picked uh two weeks ago i picked the patriots and you guys crucified me so i'm gonna go with uh <laughs> oh man i'm gonna go with miami 24 cincinnati 20 all right Sutton, how about you Man, I think if we if we win this game, it's going to be high scoring. Uh, so I think it's going to be let's go Miami twenty seven, Cincinnati twenty three. All right, and I'm going to go with Miami too, just because they have had their number. Uh, the Dolphins have matched up very well with the Bengals, and not much has changed with the Bengals. They still got Dalton. They still got Green. They, they don't have Eifert going tomorrow night. Um, they still got the same running backs. And the Dolphins have found ways to bottle these guys up. And I think it continues. I think the Dolphins have the bigger advantage with Gase and Vance Joseph and Matt Burke and Gase's track record on Thursday night football. Um, I know the Dolphins are playing away and in Cincinnati, but I think, I think the Dolphins may have turned a corner against the Browns and our players are starting to get a message. And I think they come out um, playing hard for Adam Gase and, and proving that they belong on that football field. I'm saying Miami 30, Bengals 24. Same score as the Browns, um, but the defense is a mess. So I do think the Bengals put up their points, but I think the Dolphins put up just a little more and edge them out. All right, folks, that is it for this week's edition of Finsider Radio. We thank you for joining us. We had some good co- topics of conversation we had an awesome rocking live thread tonight on Finsider.com. If you aren't in there tonight, you could still join in and, and talk to us. We'll be talking throughout the evening and, of course, following um, after today's show. And if you weren't there this week and would like to join us next week, just go to the Finsider.com when we go live with our podcast. And 
and we interact throughout the show. We answer your questions. We try to get to every single one, and it's great, you know, talking to people when when others are talking here on this podcast. For Houts and for Sutton, I am Matt Kanata. Thank you for listening to Finsider Radio. Enjoy the game against the Mangos. Go Dolphins, and we'll see you next week. Amazon has everything for back to school. Zebra lunchbox? Check. Cool Adidas gear like t-shirts, shoes, and backpacks? Check. Triceratops folders and pencils? Check. Lasercat t-shirts? Check. Get your back to school shopping done now at amazon.com slash back to school and enjoy free shipping on millions of items. No need to leave your home or hassle with crowds. Amazon.com. No better place to get everything back to school from A to Z. My name is Spencer Hall. My name is Jason Kirk. My name is Ryan Nanny. And when we combine, we form the, the Shutdown, Shutdown Fullcast. I keep telling you, we're not Fultron. The Shutdown Fullcast is technically a college football podcast, but it's also a show about lawn care disasters, regional grocery stores we love, Tennessee Batman, homeowners associations, Bears and video games. I mean, there's also some actual football discussion, like about coaches having huge contracts or coaches making terrible decisions or coaches saying really stupid things. Or the NCAA saying really stupid things. Yeah, there's lots of stupid things in this big, dumb, beautiful sport. Sometimes we talk about football games. Allegedly. If you want to take college football exactly as seriously as it deserves to be taken, come find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts like this one. The Shutdown Podcast. It's not Voltron. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.